Long, way outside for the three. He's got it. He's got it. It's good. Season for Texas, they finished 34 and 0. The number one ranked team from beginning to end, winning their first NCAA championship. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Texas 24 podcast on the Dave Campbell's Podcast Network. I'm Matthew Bruni, and joining me once again is Ishmael Johnson. Ish, how are you doing today? The uh, should be a national holiday, right after after the Super Bowl. But how, how are you holding up? And it's Valentine's Day. They should have just made this a uh, national holiday. That, that's very true. I'm I'm very much pro in favor uh, in favor of changing the Monday following the Super Bowl into a national holiday. Um, if they don't do that, at least make it on a Saturday, just so we have a day off. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm for either one of those, but preferably get an extra day off. Um, yeah. And it's like you said, it's also Valentine's Day, which means we're going to have a little theme uh, for at the end of the show. Uh, we got yes. we got a kind of a clashing of two worlds. We have a Valentine's Day theme mixed with a 50 cent. <laughs> <laughs> when you think of 50 cent, you don't think of love. I, I think of love. <laughs> See, he was hanging upside baby. down in the middle of the Super Bowl. Yeah, I mean, with with a bunch of dancers around him, he was he was in love. I'll tell you that. Yep. No, he was. <laughs> well, I had to. There were so many people that 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 didn't. They were like, "Why is Fifty upside down?" And I was like, "Is it really, like I don't know? Is it just me being old, or like do people not remember the in the club video stagemanship?" I, yeah, I, I mean, it, it, he's he's up. I mean, I guess in in the video he's like doing crunches upside down, but like he's still upside down in the video. So like. I was like, it's so weird because like, this is like 50s thing. This is like, oh, he's upside down. That's what he always, that's 50. That's like when well, you're I mean, one it, he was playing in the club. Something. He was playing in the club and in the club music video, he's upside down. So like, I got what they were going for. It just looked weird because like there's a bunch of dancers around him and he's just, he's the only one upside down. Uh, I mean, the cinematography was good because it was, <laughs> it was, it was, uh, went from Snoop, I think. And then it just scaled yeah. down and it was, he was upside down. And I was like, the production was great. That was probably the best, like, that's two back to back. Was was weekend last year too? Right? Weekend was last year. Yeah, those two back to back, really good productions. You know, like weekend had some audio issues. I think last night's was just great overall. But yeah. both of them were pretty really nice to look at. At least I, I usually I have very low bars for Super Bowl half times, and so oh, I've same. enjoyed more. I've enjoyed most of them, like the Bruno Mars one in the past. I loved like mm-hmm. all of those ones. So. Yeah, there's your uh, Super Bowl halftime breakdown on te- the Texas 24 podcast. Uh, promise we have plenty of basketball to get to. Um, but we have to start with, I think, Baylor and Texas men. Yeah. And I, I don't even – like the game is the game. Baylor won mm-hmm. 80 to 63. Uh, we've talked about Baylor and Texas a lot on this podcast. Rightfully so. They're you know big names in Texas basketball. Um, for Texas, it just looked like another game where – and this was my kind of main takeaway for Texas before we get into the bigger picture is it feels like they can't really weather runs as well as mm. I think I want them to. I think that came to that realization because as soon as they get, you know, get uh, their, their opponent goes on one of those like crazy, like 12 to 12 runs. It doesn't mm-hmm. feel like they can stop. It feels like they have to keep you in front the entire game. Mm-hmm. Like metaphorically speaking, they can't let you get out of hand. Like they have to keep you at like this, our two-point game, two-point game, two-point game, two-point game. If it gets out of hand, it gets really out of hand. And so that's really my only Texas takeaway. Um, do you have you wanna do you have any over overarching takeaways from this one before we get into um no, I, I think that's that's pretty much it. I think that they're there's still a strict ceiling on this team. I really feel that. Um I feel that despite the Kansas win, which I think is a good win, despite a win I think they could get when Lubbock, uh, when, when Texas Tech comes to town this week, um, I still feel like there's a strict ceiling on this team when it comes to, because of what you just said, where Baylor went on one run, right? Yeah. Because after Texas jumped out to an early lead, Baylor goes on one run and the game's over. Like, literally the game's over. And it was, it was basically like, from like, the, after they go up, Baylor starts their run, and then like midway through the first half, it you know the run more or less ends, and the game's basically done. You see, they're up fifteen. It's like, oh, they're not coming back. And no. 
I think I think that's right because they don't have one. They don't have the shooters to really get you back into a game by that. And two, if their defense isn't on point, which it wasn't yesterday, and you know it's it's been shown to be off in some games to where you need kind of an offensive run. Um, they just don't have. They're not able to really put the clamps down on a game to where they could like slowly work their way back. Right. Like, like Baylor tech, they're not, I mean, Baylor is a good offensive team, but tech's not a great offensive team, but you've seen them clamp down a game to where they can inch back into a game offensively because they know, okay, they're going to, the, the opposing team is going to go blank for four minutes. Right. We just know that. Um, there are games that Texas has played where that just isn't the case. And when the defense is off it, the defense is off and, I think that's been that's been a concern, um, but conversely for Baylor, I'm very much impressed with if I'm if I'm a Baylor fan, I'm very much encouraged that you still don't have L.J. Cryer, a big part of your team, and you go out and blow Texas out. I think this was James Akinjo getting back to his pre uh, uh, all Big Twelve self. Um, he played fantastic. I thought just kind of working the game around and like really, you know, he finished with seven assists to only two turnovers. Um, yeah, I, I'm, I was very impressed that Baylor just came and just like decided this wasn't going to be a game pretty quickly. Yeah. Flagler goes four or five from three, uh, Texas ends up shooting 31% from two and mm. six of 16 from three. Uh, really, I mean, they got to the free throw line 23 times, which kind of saved them in a bit, but Baylor just, like you said, a Kendra wasn't, was in complete control of this game from start to finish. And I, I loved that. Now, if we get to the more sombering news, Jonathan Chalmachachwa is out for the year. And when I saw that, I mean, I didn't, obviously in real time, it's like everyone's going down and you just see him go down and you're just like, okay, right. that doesn't look good. And then they show the replay and I never want to see that replay again in my life. Right. Oh man, that was bad. Really bad. It's in my head still. And so, um, yeah, pr- really uh, hoping Jonathan uh, is okay. Hope, hope he can recover from this. Um, I mean, I'm sure he'll, uh, you know, fight and get back, but yeah, really bad, really sombering injury there. So he'll be out for the year. I think I saw a report that said that. Mm-hmm. And what does that mean for Baylor now moving forward? I mean, Flo Thamba obviously is going to be the number one in primary center. He played 30 minutes yesterday and had a really good game, 12 points, 11 boards. But are, how does that change how we perceive Baylor? I, I don't know because, I mean, now you have to look at, Obviously, you mentioned Flo Thamba taking over a lot of those minutes, but I mean, Jeremy Sochan's probably gonna be playing some of the five now. I mean, they'll probably have Kendall Brown play some of the four a lot more, um, and it's gonna it's gonna be interesting because the the benefit Baylor's one of Baylor's strengths was those two guys in the front, right? To have you can throw Matthew Mayer, Mayer out there maybe as a stretch four to start the game, but the fact that you know you're gonna eventually go big is kind of a big is was especially in that front court is kind of a big deal. You can run out. Meyer at the two and Kendall Brown at the three and then the two towers up front. And so, you know, I, I, I do wonder uh, because both full Thamba and Jonathan Thamachachua kind of took big strides this year. We, you know, we talked about how they're not Mark vital in the sense that they don't, they don't give you the, the exact versatility that he did, but I think for what they were doing this year, they took a big step forward in stepping up into kind of a more prominent role. And so, yeah, I, I think it's going to be interesting because, you know, Flo Thamba's not used to playing this much or probably as much as he's going to have to play, yeah. right? He's, he's played 15 to 20 minutes and last night he played, or yesterday, uh, sorry, two days ago, he played 30. So, you know, is he, is that going to be the, the solution for Scott Drew to be like, you know what, I've had two guys who are worth starting. I'm just going to stick with one of them for a long period of time. Yeah. I, that's the whole thing is, can you stay out now? It's can you stay out of foul trouble, which he did mm-hmm. yesterday, but foul trouble becomes a thing because if he only if there's a game where he can only play 15 to 20 minutes, mm-hmm. then where does this team go? Does it go to Matthew Meyer at the five? Does it go to like just a Kendall Brown and Jeremy Sohan lineup? Like mm-hmm. there's not a ton of flexibility now at the five position outside of Thamba. Um, I will say and I mean, in my opinion, I think Matthew Mayer has underachieved this year. He's going to have to, like, really step up. Mm-hmm. Like, they're very, very different players, obviously him and John, uh, Chama Chachua, but, I mean, you're going to have to get a different element of this team because now you can't be the same team 
that you were before him going down. The rotations change, the minutes change, the lineups change. And I think Matthew Mayer is going to have to be the one that kind of changes things. I think Kendall Brown mm-hmm. is kind of is what he is right now. He's a really good player that has an NBA ceiling, uh, NBA upside that's going to be going after this year. And he's improved throughout the year, but I don't know if Kendall Brown is going to be able to take a, another step up. Like that's asking mm-hmm. a lot. Matthew yeah. Meyer is the one that we look at right now. And we're like, this guy could take a significant step up if he finds, finds comfort in his role moving forward. And that that's probably where I'm looking for, but it is going to have to be a team that relies more on its offense. Uh, I mean, in, in the future that right now, Obviously, we know they're a very balanced team. They're seventh in offense and 13th in defense. They're going to have to stay in that top seven, if not climb even higher on the offensive side of the ball because um, it, there are going to be games where, I mean, Texas is Texas. Like, they're not going to score over 70 on anybody. But, like, when they play Kansas or when they play a team in the NCAA tournament that can score the ball, like if they played Iowa or something mm-hmm. like that, you're going to have to just throw Matthew Meyer out there sometimes and just score with them for a bit and that's kind of a different it's a different aspect of this team that i'm interested to see because i even we haven't seen that really 2020 they played defense a lot 20 uh, last year i mean they they were great offense but the defense was still very good this year i am a little bit more concerned mm-hmm. one one thing i do want to hit on that i think is being i think jonathan because of how they use their bigs i think their scoring has, has been a lot of, uh, has kind of been overlooked. Jonathan Thomas Joshua shoots 67% from the floor, yeah. right? And I know that a lot of that's finishing, but that's really good finishing. Um, granted, Flo Thamba shoots a good percentage, but it's still 52%, right? That's still a significant, when you have one of the best finishers in the country and you're going down to a pretty good finisher, that's yeah. a lot. Um, per 40, per 40, he's, uh, Jonathan, he's averaging 16 points a game, Right and you go to somebody averaging closer to 11 points a game for 40. So that's a a good point. Yeah. So like, that's a lot of scoring production in those small amount of time that Jonathan Thamachach would not small, but like moderate amount of time that he plays, you're going from, you know, an efficient finisher to somebody who's not as quite efficient. That's again, it's not a huge drop off. You, you know, you'll, you'll take that, but still something to kind of watch because he's been the beneficiary of a lot of those lobs and a lot of those finishes. Um, in the paint that's that's a really good point from the vertical standpoint yeah of you know their pick and roll game or a kenjo driving the lane I, I i'm interested to see how that kind of shakes out and they're going to be tested on on that side of the ball a bit with texas tech um oklahoma state uh mm-hmm. texas and iowa state as four of their last seven six games so plenty of good defenses in the big 12 um i'm interested to see if they can continue to shake it out and I don't even, where's, what's Kansas right now in the conference? They have two losses. Yeah. Nine and two. So they're yeah. Kansas is nine and two Baylor's nine and three. That's kind of the, the matchup that's going for the, the top seed in the big, big 10 right now. Uh, and also in the big, tw- in the big 12, Texas tech comes back and I watched the first half of this game. Mm. Uh, and so I watched when Texas tech was losing basically yeah. Texas tech and TCU. Texas Tech storms back, uh, outscores TCU 28 to 7 to start the, the second half and wins 82 to 69. This was another game where there was a substantial injury in Kevin McCuller. I yep. haven't read anything about him. Is, is he out or do we know anything at the moment? I do not know anything. I right Googled now last night. I Googled around yeah. last night and I didn't see anything. So I didn't see anything from Carlos Silva. He usually is. is it on was. It. It was a pretty bad ankle twist. Yeah. Like it was a pretty bad. It was unfortunate. He shot a, basically a corner three. I think he made, I don't remember. And then stepped back. And I think he stayed, stepped on Jamie Dixon's foot and just mm-hmm. that ankle was on the ground basically. And I was like, that's really bad. Yeah. So they, but you know, they did come back uh, and win the game without him. And I think you look at Terrence Shannon and he's the guy that we've been like, all right, is Terrence Shannon going to get back to like playing how he played last year? Is he going to, or even, you know, step up into a role that we expected him to. And this might force him to, if McCullough has to miss yeah. a couple games, I, we don't know, but this might force him to. And he had 23 points. I'm sorry, 20 points um, on seven of not on. Yeah. Seven to nine shooting. Uh, so really strong performance from him and we know this team can get hot and score the ball but Mm -hmm. 
you know, they, they shot five of nine from three yesterday. So they did more to their damage just in the paint where they shot or inside the arc where they shot 53.5%. Like yeah, TCU's defense got completely carved up in the second half. I don't know what to say. Cause in the first half I was like, okay, Mike miles looks really good. You know, they, mm-hmm. they're, they're battling, you know, I, I've become more impressed with TCU. And then they, when I turned off, they erode. And <laughs> I'm sorry, TCU. I guess that's my fault. Yeah. I mean, I, I, this obviously sucks for tech who was looking like they were finding a rhythm, you know, like it wasn't, it wasn't the best rhythm on offense kind of, you know, they kind of taken a, after that Texas win, they kind of looked a little lackluster in the past, in the past couple of games, but eh, they, they looked, they looked like they were getting somewhere and now they kind of have to, I don't want to say reinvent themselves. That's, that's the wrong way to put it, but yeah, it definitely is going to be like, Terrence Shannon's going to probably have to be the guy that we kind of anticipated him being, you know, kind of the next up in line of, of great tech wings. So um, yeah, unfortunately that's, fortunately they pulled out the win, but unfortunately they had to do it without uh, Kevin McCuller. Yeah. Um, they're now at eight and four on, uh, on, on the year in conference play. Mm-hmm. I still feel good about them. I'm not, I'm not concerned at the moment. We, we, we discussed them last podcast a bit just with their offensive upside and their three point shooting concerning us. And I still think that's a very, you know, um, acceptable concern to have. Mm -hmm. And now they have Baylor Texas as their next two games here. So not going to be easy, not going to be easy at all, Uh, but we'll see how the red Raiders do. I I didn't see the second half splits for that game real quick. Um, you mean just the, just the split, just the over, oh, I guess they don't have it on their site. Oh, oh well. Um, cause I was curious. Cause like we talked about how, you know, tech's offense isn't great, but they have the defense to kind of, you know, slowly whittle themselves back in that kind of, it, it kind of remind the first, second half kind of looked like that. Um, yeah. but, uh, they I wanted to see for, let me see TCU shot. Oh, 44%. Still not as, no. Yeah. Yeah. Still not as bad as I, as I thought. It looked like it looks like, and I didn't watch it again. They went on a twenty-eight to seven run in the to start the second half, mm-hmm. and then it looked like TCU kind of stayed in it enough to where they didn't get blown out. Right. So, okay. Yeah, forty-four percent is not bad um, from TCU. I thought it was a little bit more, a little bit better. Anyway. All right, we can roll through these uh, last three topics here. Mm-hmm. North Texas beat Rice sixty-seven to forty-four in two games this year. North Texas has held Rice to 87 points in 80 minutes. Rice is scared to death of North Texas. Rice never wants to see North Texas. They don't want to see green. They hate the color green. <laughs> they, they, they get all shook up whenever they – it's St. Patrick's Day. Like, they have PTSD at this point. Rice, Rice can't do anything against North Texas. And North Texas is a killing machine right now. And they are. In a, they're now two games ahead of UAB and La Tech for number one in, in conference USA, they jumped up in Ken Palm from 61 to now 48. Like, my goodness, they're, they've never, I don't remember. I don't think they've ever been in the top 50 in Ken Palm before. This is one of, and here, shameless plug, like on the North Texas side, um, mm-hmm. sh- plugging another podcast on this podcast. Is that legal? Oh my goodness. Uh, I, I don't know. If no, it's fine. That. But, um, <laughs> Yeah. You anyways, plug, if you want to plug Field. your joint, I was about to say you want to plug your joint with John. I'll, I'll plug. I'll okay. plug John Fields. John Fields, Mean Green, twenty four seven rider. Check him out. Uh, we're gonna talk about this a little bit more, but like this might be the greatest North Texas team of the McCaslin era. I don't know, but this is incredible what they're doing right now. So I won't spend too much longer. Now the twenty seventh ranked defense in the country. <laughs> Ridiculous. That is yeah, and like they got that big UAB game. Um, That's the big one. That, that'll be huge that on could... saturday it's an fau yeah. thursday and then and then uab saturday both those on the road that'll decide if they can make... just split those two yeah they'll win the conference i might try to make that law tech game on the 26th mm-hmm. that'd be a that's gonna be a fun one too you should definitely do that uh pack the pit <sighs> all right um but yeah shout out to north texas and not shout out to rice for just completely <laughs> being terrified in houston Houston. regardless um texas state i have them written down here yeah i didn't watch it Mm -hmm. they're now up to eight and three in conference so i feel like i have to mention them yes you can talk about them (laughs) so the the way they're doing it is kind of interesting because they're not 
that great defensively this year. Um, they're really, they're actually a really efficient offense. And I think that's a, that's a version that that's kind of a wrinkle that TJ Johnson's brought because I think last year, the coaching change came very soon and very sudden to where I think a lot of Casp, Danny Casper's uh, hard defensive principles stayed in stayed the same because it was basically the coaching change happened like a month before the season started. So for the most part, it was, you know, that I think they're shifting to be an offensive oriented team. Now they're, I think they're just a dribble drive offense now um, because defensively they're 252nd in effective field goal percentage. Right. But they're 34th in three point percentage. They get to the, um, they get to the line a lot. They're 108th in effective field goal percentage in, which is top half of the country. Really, And those are numbers that I didn't used to, used to associate with texas state you know it was like good flowing offense and you know we've, we've joked about their tempo and all that stuff but like they run their offense very efficiently and if you watch them you'll hardly see a set where they're not running like a two or three man weave at the top of the key and it is interesting just to kind of see because i guess me when i especially when i covered the team like i just got so used to seeing like bad offense and similar like a lesser version of what texas is doing except not with the no middle definitely with a harder hedging defense i, I think north texas is probably a, a closer comparison to yeah. the style of play um and now like i was watching them play a little bit of louisiana monroe and i was like okay they're not hard hedging screens that much anymore they'll hedge them but like they're very soft and they'll get back really quickly um and they kind of play uh they play aggressive on the perimeter but it's definitely not as like if watching Casper's teams, it was definitely like, oh, they're going to run laps if like they let somebody into the lane, right? You, it definitely felt like that. Um, yeah. This was definitely like, uh, yeah, they can score because we'll kind of get the ball back and we'll get a better shot. And so um, I don't know. It's been very fascinating to watch TJ's kind of taken the team and definitely uh, uh, brought his own wrinkles. They still forced a lot of turnovers, which was something Casper's teams never did, which is, I think was one of the big issues for them. But um, yeah, mean, it's been interesting. In conference play there, I, I just did the conference-only filter on their Ken Palm. Mm. Number two in offensive efficiency, number two in effective field goal percentage, number one in three-point percentage. Yeah. Um, they don't take a lot of threes. They right. um, are 12th in three-point attempt rate, but still to be knocking them down the way they do. And we know they have some shooters, at least guys mm-hmm. who can make open threes. I mean, that's five wins, six wins in a row for – one, two, three, five wins in a row for this team with yeah. winnable games on the back end here. Arkansas State's going to be kind of tough, but that's at home. Little Rock's, we can, they can wash. What happened to Little Rock? Little Rock used to be good. I thought, well, I mean, post Chris Beard, man. <laughs> that's what happens in happens when Chris Beard walks Chris away. Beard. That's what happens when Chris Beard walks away. They were good. God. They won a tournament. They beat Purdue. Post, how long ago was that? I mean, it was a while back, but it's been on the it's been on the downturn since Chris Beard left there. Like, it I, been like, I, was talk, I was talking about like two years ago. I thought they were pretty good. Let's I see. I mean, they've probably been pretty good, but like your Beard, yeah, they won twenty. Two games years like, ago, they were 129th in Kemp Palm, and they were 15 and five in conference. Well, look at every year before that. That was what that was like one year of 20. Okay, but that's the and year then, that was my prime. That's when I was thinking about them. So. That was my prime. <laughs> yeah, but 2016 with Chris Beard, they were. That was the that was the one year. Rocking you know, people, that was, yeah, that was the most Anyways. random team I ever saw. But but yeah, no, I, I think Texas State has a legit chance to to go back and, and win it. Um, they have they got two two huge home games coming up that they need to win. Um, Arkansas State and Little Rock. But the the other weird thing is there's no other player on this team that's probably in for Player of the Year. And like I, I'm looking at the rate, like Ken Palm has like a nice race, you know, kind of like yeah. a, a tally of like the most valuable. Player. And like I don't disagree with any of them. Like I don't think like watching Texas State this year, you could say Mason Harrell usually, but like he's not having a great statistical year. It's it's kind of okay. Um, and so I think that's another interesting thing is like it's definitely a lot more team oriented this year than it was last year, where it was Mason Harrell doing a lot. Um, I think Drew Drudens helped that being a backup point guard that they can trust. Um, and Caleb Asbury's do, uh, stepped up his production. Nigel Caesar has been really good in the post. So, um, yeah, I don't know. They're getting it done differently. And I, I just find that fascinating to watch because they were always so one note for so many years. All right. Let's talk about the SWAC. Ken Palm, 
Whew. Ken Palm has the SWAC rated as the worst conference in the country. And I just want them to know that that is not right. Nope. Obviously, they haven't watched it. I don't care about your rating system. Mm-hmm. Texas Southern, though, is back. Back in the driver's seat, baby. How many wins is this in a row? Six wins in a row. Just be grambling by three mm-hmm. at home. I mean, grambling. On a buzzer? Buzzer on a buzzer beater? Yeah, you're, 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 you're teaching me. You're teaching me. <laughs> they beat Bethune-Cookman <laughs> by three. Not the most impressive wins here. Bethune-Cookman's 329th in the country. Grambling's 299th. Texas Southern for context is 174. Oh no, Grambling nearly made a half court shot at the buzzer. That's what it was. Whew. Texas Southern's defense held up once again. Um, That's what fighting, I heard. The fighting Johnny Jones is over there, did their thing. Uh, but yeah, they're now nine and three in conference. It's the best record in conference. Southern's at eight and three. Alcorn's eight and four. Florida AM, eight and four. Uh, Prairie View's down there at five and five. You know, it's unfortunate for them. But Texas Southern, number one defense in conference, kind of what we uh, had hoped for at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, and then number one block percentage as well. Interesting. Uh, number three, and then the number three offense here, and nothing really stands out on the offensive. I and mean, they're like fourth and fifth in like every category as I was just mm-hmm. across it. But yeah, credit to Texas Southern for hitting their stride and figuring it out. We were worried. We were like, is there actually not going to be Texas Southern or Prairie View in the NCAA tournament? Right. But <laughs> Here we are. Sorry, Southern. I mean, so I live like twenty. I live like ten minutes away from Southern, but there you go. Sorry. Do they? Uh, let me see. They got Southern coming up today. Oh, Monday. On oh, today? Yeah. So it's Texas Southern oh, it's versus at Southern. Texas Southern. I was Ooh. like, if it's at Southern, I could have go to it. Oh uh, yeah. No, they they got blown out when they went to Southern. So that'll be that's a that's a huge that's a huge game. That's a big game. All right, Texas Southern, come through for us one time. Get it done. All right. To women's basketball. This is, uh, well, let's start with Texas and Oklahoma because Texas, we came on this podcast last time and we were like, Oh, is Texas women's basketball? Like, like they're good, but like, how good are they? You know, they lost to Baylor twice. Then they come Mm -hmm. back and barely beat tech. And then they played Oklahoma and Oklahoma has been beating everybody. Oklahoma was the best team in the conference pretty much by record. Uh, as far as record goes, them and Iowa State and Texas took care of business 178 to 63. And Audrey, I mean, Audrey Warren 21, Shea Holly pitches in 10. That's always big. Joanne Allen Taylor 14, Lauren Ebo 13, Aliyah Matardo only eight, and Roy Harmon only six. This team continues to kind of evolve or devolve, I guess, however you look at it, away from being Harmon and Matharu mm-hmm. to being all right, we need everybody to score. And I think that could work. It's going to come down to their defense still to me. Sure, sure. In the third quarter, they outscored them 27 to 6. Yeah. I mean, that's 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 what this team should be capable of, capable of is holding teams to six points in a quarter. But now they have Iowa State coming up next at home as well. Um, I mean, if, you, if they win that, because I just like hypothesizing, hypothesizing. Hypoth- <laughs> See now we are hypothesizing. 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 <laughs> Thank you. Uh, we do words for a living. We do words. Yeah, too many words. Too many words. Um, <laughs> I mean, if they win that, because I would say it's at ten and two, that's gonna that's gonna be the game. I don't think they win that game. Right. Yeah, I um, agree. And that drops them to seven and six. And uh, Kansas State, like, there's a world in which Texas drops out of the top five in the Big Twelve. Well, I, don't, mm, I mean, they beat can They beat Iowa State. They almost 20. They almost, uh, I think it beat Iowa State. They beat them on the road by 18. Okay, so they're going to beat them again? Let me see. Lock was it that the game that, uh, ooh, that was the game that Jones was out. Yeah, you're going to lock Iowa that State. in? Uh, no, lock it in. Stay with your chest. Uh, actually, Jones right. didn't play that game. Uh, you know what? No, Texas wins. Yeah, stick with it. Let's go. There you go. All right. Texas beats Iowa State. All right, you heard it here first. Um, you're one to know on predictions, I think. What was the prediction? Am I, who's my other lock? What was my other lock? Well, we said we both said Texas Tech was going to beat Texas and men. Right. There was one where we deferred on and you got it right. Uh, and I don't I remember. I can research that one. Yeah. That's all right. I'll, I'll just <laughs> ignore it since I got it wrong. So that's the good <laughs> news. Um, but yeah, big game for Texas there. Just wanted to check in on them. Always good to check in on Texas. And uh, in other news, 
Conference USA women's basketball. Oh, buddy. Is we we had we had pointing might be like an understatement. It's been yeah, it's been pretty bad. Like if you just pull the standings, yeah. I did this yesterday, so I'll do it, I'll do it again. North Texas and UTEP, we were like, those two are gonna be at the top of their division at the very least. Mm -hmm. Like Mm -hmm. those two are gonna be the ones controlling the West. Like it's gotta go through them. Rice is no longer a factor, and rice is not a factor, they're two and eight. Mm-hmm. So we don't have to worry about them. But if you pull up the standings and you just look at the West, there's seven teams in the West. Four of them are from Texas. Yeah. And all four of those teams are in the bottom four. Like they're the bottom yeah. four teams pretty much. I mean, North Texas is tied for third technically, but I don't care. I don't count it. You're fourth. So North Texas is six and six. UTEP is five and eight. Rice is two and eight. And UTSA is two and 10. UTEP might be the most disappointing team in Texas, men or yeah. women. We Honestly, to, yes. I thought they were going to win the conference. I thought so too. And and they're like they're the, five the, and eight. The, the worst part is like they're not even like none of the teams are even like because you, you there were there, there are so many teams where you're like they're they're all like because uh, Texas Southern, right? They were down, uh the men. Texas Southern, they were down in, in the in the SWAC race, but you saw I was like, oh, okay, but their defense is actually pretty good, right? Like you saw the numbers saying their defense. I don't see that like statistical golden nugget for like oh but like utep rebounds well and that's kind of it like <laughs> they're often they lead the conference in offensive rebounds and um rebounding rate it's kind of it like that but that it like scoring their average defense or actually sorry, sorry scoring they're not good defense they're not very good north texas their average offense uh, uh def- defending not very good they rebound fine UTSA, I mean, you know, whatever, but they have an excuse because yes. we weren't expecting them to be. Rice, by the way, UTSA, UTSA. By the way, UTSA, fifth in the conference in defensive field goal percentage. They are doing something distinctly pretty well, right? Yeah. That's, but that's something that I would expect from a UTEP or a UNT to be like, oh, bad season, but they're doing blank well. UTSA, first of all, shout out Karen Aston because that yeah. shows how much of a, how good of a coach she is because this program was in the dumps and they're at least formidable now <laughs> they're not you know they still i think they their biggest loss they still was a 28 point loss to fiu but go look at last year's spreads compared to this year i'll take 11 3 13 as opposed yeah. to losing by 28 every week right so i'm gonna i'm gonna give a little bit of a kernel to utsa because we didn't expect anything from them and they're looking you know the record doesn't say anything but they're playing better rice Again, not didn't expect much, right? So it's not surprising that they're kind of in the dumps. But yeah, UT, UNT and UTEP. Shame. That's bad. That's really Shame. bad. I mean, North Texas, here, here's what, here's what we'll, North Texas will say. So we've won four in a row. Well, congratulations. You beat Rice twice. Uh, the UAB wins impressive. Sure, give them that. Uh, so you beat Rice twice and you beat UTSA as three of those four wins. Right. Any other game against solid competition here, you've lost. And so here we go. If you want to prove me wrong, you got FAU at home, UAB at home as your next two games, then at Southern Miss at La Tech. I mean, if you go three and one in that stretch, then then I'll I guess I can eat some words. But until that happens, North Texas and UTEP have been wholly disappointing. Shame. Because yeah, we because we were like, I mean, like we had SFA up here. And we were looking at like UTEP as like that number two group of five team. It was like, oh look, they're they're kind of right there. And it remember when North Texas remember when North Texas beat SMU by like forty, right? And I was like, oh, North Texas is is actually good. Like they're gonna yeah. go and do this thing. And then they just hit a wall. Like they had a COVID pause, but everybody in the world had a COVID pause. Right. And I was about to say SMU is all of all teams <laughs> knows about a COVID pause. <laughs> like, I was like, now. I just I don't know. So yeah, yeah hopefully they could turn it around at some point because if all four come to say like, that's like a sixth of our, the teams we cover here. All right. We can't have all four of them. <laughs> right, just here. All of them out. <laughs> we can't cross all of them out here. Yeah. Meanwhile, in, in good group of five basketball, I mean, UTA still looking great. Nine and three in conference. I believe they're one game. My out team. Of, it's my team one right game now. out of first uh, with Troy. Let's see. I think, I think I mentioned it. They don't play Troy again. I'm pretty sure. So yeah, they don't. So you got coastal little rock and Arkansas state. So little rock will be a huge one. Cause they're golly, this, these, these pauses are weird six and three, but they're technically in third. 
uh, to UTSA's or to UTA's nine and three. So, uh, yeah. But anyway, uh, uh, UTA good. Texas State eight and four, right behind them. So. There you go. Shout out the Sun Belt. And last but not least, before we get to um, hate or love it, uh, I watched about ten probably minutes total of SMU and Wichita State women. Mm-hmm. And because we were like, we got to talk about SMU a little bit. We don't. We don't have to talk about SMU. I'm. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Y'all don't want me to talk about this game. Y'all don't want me to talk about this 58 to 47 loss to Wichita State. I'm sorry. Yeah, we. For weeks, I was like, back in January, I was like, oh man, like SMU, they were on this three-game win streak. I was like, okay, we got to talk about them. We had planned to talk about them when men played Memphis. And we were planning to line up both to be like, okay, here we can talk about both teams. SMU women go on the COVID pause. And since the COVID pause, they've been kind they of three down. Of five. They, yeah, they lost three of five. Um, one of them included this Wichita State loss, which Wichita State is not good. So that's kind of alarming. Um, Houston has been very disappointing. So that's another alarming loss. So, yeah, it's, it hasn't been great. Um, I still want to give Toyo Wilson some credit because – you know, this is such a weird year for them yeah. coming off of last year. Uh, they're still second, I think, in the in the conference in uh, field goal percentage defense. So they are playing. They're still five and three, right? They're not like tanking or anything in the in the, in the AAC. But I hope they're not tanking ish. <laughs> what are they so tanking they're... for? <laughs> tanking for the draft pick. Last um, year was tanking. Right. Yeah. Um, but so, but yeah, this is a little bit of a discouraging turn because it was looking like a pretty, pretty damn cool story for a little bit and still is, like I said, five and three. Um, yeah. I'm trying to see what they're just yeah. disappointing because Wichita State's not good. Right. Right. Uh, Memphis, Tulsa, Tulane, Houston, Temple coming up. So not the toughest schedule. So they could get back on track. I think, I think aside from Tulane, they're pretty yeah. much favored in those games. So, yeah. well, we'll see. We'll see yeah. SMU. I'm pulling. We're pulling for you. We're pulling for yep. you. I know. Right when I tell Bruni, "Hey, we're gonna talk about SMU," and like, <laughs> they just come like, out. T- I turned on SMU, Wichita State, and I was like, "He's hmm. like, we talk about this team." I don't know about this one ish. <laughs> Might have missed you with your evaluation. One, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about it. Um, all right, it is February 14th ish, and uh, we we can talk. Uh, we can do. We usually do a buy or sell segment. Mm-hmm. But I thought with the spirit of Fifty Cent. We do hate it or love it. So, you know, cue the music up if, if I end up finding some. I'm sure I do. Yeah. But cue the music. Uh, we both have two or three. Actually, I have, well, I have four total. So mm. do you want to go first? We have, we're going to go back and forth with our hot takes and debate them in like a PTI, I guess, style. Okay. So you want me to go first? Yes, I want you to go first. Okay. <clears throat> hate it or love it. You can't even say hey, it. Sam Houston. Do you have like a, a anything else above that? Like you're just Sam Houston. So Sam Houston. Well, because they've been up and down since we kind of fell in love with them, right? Sam Houston winning the WAC tournament. Hate it or love it? Damn. I mean. It's gonna be that's a that's a tournament. That's a really like that's not the it's not the Southland anymore. Right. Um I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna I can't do it. I can't do it. I can't. I gotta Ooh, hate it. You I hate can't it. do it. I oh it. no. I, I can't do it. I'm sorry, oh, Sam. I'm gonna continue to be I w- I really tried buying in and I am bought in to a degree, but that's like that's too far. They're not making the tournament. You're caving. There's, I can't do it. I can't do it. Caven. Maybe save you. Non-believer. Are you? Are you buying? Are you? Hate? Are you loving? I'm gonna see what place. Okay, so they're in, they're in third now. Um, Seattle, New Mexico State in front of them. They don't play them again. I'm gonna say they'll get third or fourth. Uh, what's that give them? If they get a top three seed, they get a bye to the quarters. They still gotta win three games. Yeah, but that, that, that's not nothing, man. I mean, think about it this way. Think about this. You get a, you might think, get a team that's played two games in two days. Okay, but also you could get like Abilene Christian in the quarters, and then and then go and play Grand Canyon, and then go and play yeah SFA right, in right, New right. Mexico. Fine, fine. If they, oh. if they do that, if they do that, this will be one of the more unexpected runs. 
yeah. in a season I can remember because like we were like there's no way like San Diego State was god awful in con- right. non-conference play like they just they weren't good and then all of a sudden they win like a good conference and make the tournament right <laughs> I'll start writing the book right now I'll start all right, all right. <laughs> all right hate it or love it ish Taze Moore is the most underrated player in the state Ooh, I love the discussion. I don't know if I agree with it, but I like I like a Taze Moore shout out. Um, I love it. I, I you love it. He's, he's I, every time I watch Houston, and we didn't even talk about Houston. Oh, the, we yeah, didn't even was, talk about Houston. Here's geez. our Houston segment. Here's our Houston yeah. segment because yeah, we talked about on the last podcast. So I forgot. Here's our Houston segment. Um. Rip, you're about to rip Houston after trying to give Taze Moore a, <laughs> a compliment. <laughs> give give Taze Moore. Turn off the music. Cut the music. Houston, <laughs> you can't lose to Memphis at home. Yeah. 69 to 59. I this is it that was, was bad. That was bad. Like I was watching that. And so the, the thing for me is like every concern we had about Houston came roaring back. Right. Like it was like, oh, they need a guy just to like that can get them a bucket. And it was like, oh, they don't need it in the AAC, though. I was like, that's two games now where they could have used a guy who could have given them a bucket. Yeah. Um, The more concerning thing was their defense was pretty bad. They like, I think Memphis, it felt like every three came off like a driving kick where they just got into the lane, collapsed the defense, and just kicked it out. And it's just like, how are they getting in the lane that quickly? Or that easily, um, and then points in the paint. They just got they just got wrecked. It was, it was bad. The defense was bad. That was my that was the biggest concern for me. They were up fifty three to forty eight with five minutes left in the game. Yeah, and then oh that three yes oh my god I forgot the Cheney yeah yeah Cheney fouled him on a three point shot um, late in the game. I think I think that was with like a minute thirty left. That was what iced it up, and that iced the game pretty much from there. And it was just like all right. So, yeah, 19 turnover for Houston. This is, like you said, this was like everything we were worried about all in one game, and that was very disappointing to see from Houston. A couple a couple weeks ago, or like just like a week ago, we were like, yeah, they're going to roll the AAC probably, and then they just they lose back to I can't believe they lost to Memphis. I cannot believe it. This Memphis team is not good. No. Like, it's not like Jalen Duran did – went off or something they like it's funny because like since i think since we went off on memphis they've won like five in a row i know without Imani bates <laughs> like, penny hardaway he knew it uh, yeah he I mean, yeah apparently he's still quote-unquote injured so great coach. great coach he might need to be all right injured um, for them <laughs> so love taze more hate houston right now <laughs> the entire city of houston right now sorry right. um mm, mm, mm. but yeah go so, again are right, you go next Okay, me again. Okay. So we talked about Conference USA in the women. <sighs> One hater love it. One of these teams makes the semis in the tournament. One of our four. One of our four <laughs> makes the semis in the tournament. Man, it's going to be okay. UTSA is not making it. Rice is not making it. Probably it's not. UTEP or North Texas. Like, North Texas both have the talent. Like, that's the frustrating part. Every time I watch them, I'm like, these teams are too talented to like just suck. Mm-hmm. And they just haven't been good. But do I bet against? But the thing is, Conference USA as a whole is not a good women's basketball conference right now. What's the format again? Let me see. The, the first gets a uh, bite. It's a bite of the quarters as well for the first yes. two. Okay. Yeah. Um number one number one and two in the east and west get to the quarters. Is that right? Okay. So let's see the standings right now. A little bit. They're not gonna get a bye. So no, they're no, gonna have to no, win. No, they're no. gonna have to win four games. Yes. Well, two to get to the semis. Let's see. One, two, three, four, five. So fourth and fifth, North Texas and UTEP right now in the West. Yeah. So they're gonna have to now that could that could change because LaTeX only six and six and UAB seven uh, six and five. So that could change. But Let's see. So, let's assume four and five right now. I'm hating it. You're hating it. Damn, I have so much hate right now. Hating. Yeah, I'm hating it. Nah, I'm. I can't. I want to back. The, I want to back. You know, Texas and UTEP. I can't right now. They haven't shown me anything. Yeah, that that give them a second round, but that's like, it. 
the East isn't bad in Conference USA, and they're going to have to go against an East team. Like, if they come in fourth, let's say they're going to go up against the fifth seed in the East, and that is Marshall right now. And I believe Marshall just beat UTEP, Yeah, if I have that correct or whatever. Um, I mean, the East is stomping right now. Like, the East is better. Yeah, yeah. the East is just flat out better. better. So... So they face they'd probably uh, they'd either face nine and three Middle Tennessee or seven and six Marshall. In, yeah, <laughs> in the next round in yeah. the quarters. And they're not beating either one of them. So no, I'm 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 hating. 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 Hating bro. Um all right, here's my oh do you hate or love your own topic. Yeah, I hate it. <laughs> I hate it too. Oh, all right. Yeah, yeah. Gotta make sure. Gotta make sure. All right, hate it or love it. Mike Mike Miles is back to being an elite guard. Ooh. I don't know if he was. I was about to say, is he ever? Well, last year he was all. He was, he's a very good guard. Last year he was all freshman. This okay. year we were like, oh, he could like potentially like be like really really good. And at the beginning of the year he was disappointing, and now I think he's really really good again. Hmm. I'm loving it. Give me some love on. You're on loving it. I think Mike Miles <laughs> is back. I love it. I think he's. The, just watching him against Tech, he looked so much more in control. And I watched him against LSU too. So LSU yeah. and Tech are two of the top three defenses in the country. And he looked really in control. Like he looked really, really good. So yeah. I'm, I'm buying it. Mike Miles, love it. On, I love it too. Love it, yes. I love it too. Mike yeah. Miles, yeah. Give some shout, shout, shout out, 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 out to him because they should uh... – they should try and do a Kendrick Davis with him next year. I don't know if he can. He probably can. Oh uh, yeah, just surround him with a bunch of talent. Just give him a bunch of talent. I mean, they, they're not gonna have a choice. <laughs> like, no, they're definitely they, not. They might have it. a new guy making. They might have a new guy making some calls too. I was we'll gonna see. say, like, come on now. We'll All right, see. go ahead. <laughs> I mean, I don't, they're sixteen and six. They, they're probably not gonna let them go. <laughs> um, let's see. Uh, man. Love it or hate it. Hate it or love it. Hate it or lo- whatever. All right. It's, it's <laughs> a it. song. I know it's the song. song. I'm trying to put the optimism first for Valentine's Day. But, okay. Right. Sticking with the song. Hate it or love it. AM's just, they're done. It's, it's over. The men or the women? The, both. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to go with the women, but I forgot that the men, AM's, both AM's are done. Both AM's are done. They're so done, just incredibly done. Like there's not, and I don't know. I hate the fact that they're done. Let's put it that way. <laughs> oh, I, I mean, yeah, they're, they're they're done. I mean, the women had won a couple games. They played LSU, and this actually was my hater love it. But I have one more, so we'll substitute it. Okay. Um, I watched the women play LSU, and again, mm-hmm. when you're watching A and M, it's like they have all these like good players. Yes, like Nixon, Hoppy, like all these players, and they just have no control of the game as far as like as a team. Like LSU was dominated them, even though AM was was winning at halftime. LSU was clearly in control. Mulkey said after the game, like we felt like we were in control, and they did. They came back and won the game with ease. I women's basketball, AM's women's basketball is done. I'm not gonna disrespect Gary Blair. Shout out Gary Blair. You know, do mm-hmm. your thing over there. But they're done. The men are certainly done. Like I have no, like they've they've tanked in Ken Palmer. Let's see where they're at right now. Um, Texas and M in the SEC is seventy third now. So yeah, they're, they're they've lost one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight in a row now. Now four and eight in conference, and um, yeah. They're done. I hate it. I hate them. I hate, I hate that. I don't know. I don't know. I don't remember how you phrased it exactly. Hate it or love it. I just, I just said, I just said, uh, hate it or love it. And I'm done. And oh, I love that. I, I love the sentiment that you just said. Yes, they're done. Yes. Yes. They're they are done. done. But I hate the fact that they're done. Yes. All right. Here um, go. My last yeah, one. Go ahead. Hate it or love it. I was, this is, this might be a crazy thing to say. Hate it or love it, only one men's coach will be fired this year out of our 2014. Ooh. Ooh. I can think of one easy one. You just want to hand out one. Hence, Steve Henson's gone. UTSA. Yeah, yeah, I think he's heading into the final year of his contract. There's, I think he's. There's, yeah, no, there's way. no way. There's, there's no, no way. Um, and I was looking through it. I was like, than, what are the two? Than one. 
like Dixon might be the only one that I look at. And I'm like, maybe, but again, they might still finish with 20 wins though. Nobody else is. I mean, Scott Para, Rice. No. Mm. I feel like Rice is comfortable right now. I just feel like Rice. I was is- about to say Rice is. They're, they're, they have an identity. They're competitive. Like they're not. The program's not tanking. Like I feel like it's. I don't know. Uh, then I went to the smaller schools, and I'm like, a and Corpus Christi, no. Lamar, like, no. Lamar, no. They just got RGV, no. Uh, yeah. Tarleton, I don't think. And then you got UIW, who I don't know anything about. Um, so because they haven't changed. Fired is different. I don't think. I don't think more than one gets fired or let go. But loses a coach. Loses. Oh, okay, yeah. Loses is very different. That's, loses that's different. Very, that's very different. Because so don't so, look at me like that. So only one. <laughs> don't you dare look, look at. Looking at, at my your shirt, right? shirt. I was about to say, looking at your shirt right now. Uh, no, no, no. So so long story short, I. L- more than one coach hate it. More than one coach gets fired, hate it. Okay. So I, I really, I, I don't see it. A lot of teams are either in transition or just made a transition. Um, TCU is up in the air, but I just, I just don't see them making it. TCU and Rice. T- I could, yeah, I guess, but I could see TCU if they get to twenty. They're sixteen and six. Like it's just like as lackluster as they it's look. The Big just, Twelve. It's I the know. Big Twelve. How long are they going to be the the kicking? Like what's the, what's the phrase? How long are they going to be like the trash brother, of the Big know. Twelve? How long are they going to do this? Are they going to actually try to be good at some point? I know they need to. Aren't they building a new arena, TCU, something like that? Something or did like they that. just revamp it? They, I think they just re remodeled. Showmeyer, I, I think. I'm just I'm just saying at some point if TCU is going to be in the Big Twelve, but the new Big Twelve yeah. moving forward, like yeah, that's true. It's not like Texas and Oklahoma are great. Like you're adding good basketball teams here: BYU, Cincinnati. Uh, Houston. I just don't think – to me, it would have to be like a mutual parting in the ways kind of thing. Like it wouldn't be – because I don't think – because like I'm looking at this six, 16 – that counts, okay. Uh, Ken Palm still has them in 1911, and I'm just like – What are they going to do? They're going to go win the NIT again? Probably. I don't know. <laughs> like, like they could. Um, Hang a banner. I, Hang a banner. I wouldn't be shocked if they decide to part ways, but I just don't think TCU could be like – I mean, I, I wouldn't be against it, right? If they have if they have higher aspirations, I don't blame them. But I'm just I just don't see it happening after this year. To me, when I was when I said Jamie Dixon was on the line last last year, they were 12 and 14, right? It would it was that was like to me had to be the like they were going. Let me see, they were 16 and 16, 12 and 14, and they're 16 and six no, now. Like, he's gone. I, more than one will be fired. Henson and then one other ones you can fill it in. Watch you if even if UIW gets it fired, I don't know who that UIW coach is. I might have just thrown him under the bus. But I was about to say, man, what did what did uh San Antonio did, uh, Cunningham uh Carson Cunningham? What did they do? What did he do to you? No, nothing, nothing. He's great. Thank you for coaching in my in my city down there. Uh, doing great things. I'm sure you're a great yeah. guy. But yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna hate it. No, I'm gonna more than one coach will be. I'm gonna love it. You're gonna okay? love that. <laughs> I love that. You're so that, losing your own game here. That's my game. So there you go. That's that's all, all right. I got. Bonus. Uh, more than two coaches are at different jobs. More than two. Okay. So like, well, I, if I, I already I, said, if I already said more than one's gonna be so, fired, that puts it at two. And then in theory, more than two. In theory, let's see who who could move on here. You know, Tim Jankovic I mean, is having a great year. Yeah, yeah, I bet. Um, uh-huh. Uh, Buzz Williams, maybe you know. <laughs> yeah, okay. Uh, Keep scrolling up. Keep scrolling up. Yeah, there's, there's Johnny some... Jones comes back. <laughs> okay, yeah, okay, yes, yes. Keep scrolling up to that top fifty, buddy. Uh, uh, you know, I just I don't see anybody over here. I, I think we can end this episode, honestly. No, 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 no. There I think it's a... done. Now, I will say. The one thing in favor of Graham McCaslin staying another year. Unless TCU opens up, I don't see the job right now. Oklahoma passed on him. Um, I don't think Oklahoma State's going to lose Boynton. Can I be real um, for a second? Good. Yeah, no, he, I think he's gone. You think he's gone? I'm I mean, he's, he's, I, I, this is not, not time. No, 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 don't get me wrong. I, I, I haven't I, talked I, to him. I'm just yeah, saying, yeah. like, I, I, I agree. The, if I'm a North Texas fan, the optimistic thing is there's no obvious job right now. Right. Like 
Cause like last year it was like, okay, Oklahoma's up. If Oklahoma offers, he's leaving. Um, there was that Scott Drew rumor for Indiana. Baylor was like an obvious. So like, I think he will leave. Cause I think somebody will take a chance on him, but I don't think there's an obvious opening to be like, crap, we we're going to lose him to blank. You know? I mean, regionally you're right. Yes. But like, like think I, I'm just like, if you just throw a random school out there like that, like middling in their conference or bottom of their conference, sure, sure, um, yeah. like a, not even Ole Miss, but like an Ole Miss level team, let's say. Yeah. Why, if you're Ole Miss, would you not be looking at Grant McCaslin? Like, Sure. They're definitely not above that. Like, there's a ton of teams. If you look at them, just go through where you're just like, oh, this team's underperforming. This team, if you go through the entire like ACC, like mm-hmm. that whole half the conference should be have coaches on the hot seat at this point. Like, they've been underperforming. Like, and then if you look at the ACC too, like, I'm not saying the ACC, like that, that's regionally, geographically, that's far. Mm-hmm. But if you look at the ACC, like, who's good in the conference? Wake Forest is 10 and five in the conference and they just hired their new coach two years ago. Yeah. Like from, from East Tennessee state, like it's not like these are programs that are like, Oh, we have Rick Pitino here. We can't get rid of him. Or we have sure. Bayheim here who, I mean, we can't get rid of They're outside of like Syracuse. Like I said, I mean, Clemson, Georgia. I'll say, I was, I was about to say, so like, so Georgia tech, I think is an interesting one. I went kind of immediate region like as far as like relation relating him to jobs i do think there are some that are that are not that are that are farther but not not out of the realm like it's not like right like it's not like he he will get a call from like the east coast right like 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 you mentioned syracuse right that that type of that regional job isn't gonna call it but the jobs i do think are worrying i mean is it finally the year that Kansas State gets rid of Bruce Weber? Right? Yeah. Um, I mean, Quanzo Martin's been on the hovering on the hot seat for a while, it seems. Um, NC State, right? That's not like completely out of the out of the the footprint. Oh and so I don't I don't even yeah. I, don't, I don't even know the coach of Missouri is right now. Quanzo Martin. Oh, there you go. Yeah. So but but like those there was literally a rumor that they fired in midseason. There was it it was fake, but like yeah, it was literally like everybody was like, Oh, that's shocking, but yeah, I'm fine with it. And then it turns out he wasn't fired, but like <laughs> that just shows you like the status of that job. Um yeah, I, I could I could see that. Um yeah, I, 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 I also feel like that that <laughs> that AAC move has to be like they have to be sweating that AAC move. It's like if we could hold on for that conference paycheck, <laughs> just right. give them something to uh, just give I mean, me something yeah it's a it's a two it's a double-edged sword because like if if they make the tournament again yeah like he'll he knows they can have success at that level and he knows that there is a path in basketball kind of unlike football there's a path to where you can build up a mid-major with just one coach yeah. two degree like like we see what murray state's kind of doing like they're sustaining mm-hmm. it and i don't know if their coach is the same but like byu like going on the list I mean, which you know, Wichita State when they did with Greg Marshall for a long yeah, time. Yeah, Wichita State. I mean, there's there's an avenue to where you continue to be a top fifty team at North mm-hmm. Texas, sure, because just because of Grant McCaslin, right? But you know, at the same time, Kansas State, which feels weird that we mentioned Kansas State because that was the whole Seth Luttrell thing. Oh, like, that is yeah, that is interesting. So let's just never bring up Kansas State again. Actually, <laughs> I, I, right. I hate that. <laughs> done with that but anyway but no like it, it is like you know we'll probably have like a you know towards the end of the season we'll have like a probably a more serious conversation about that because like it's a possible like this season it might be a possibility for a lot of teams like you know you mentioned Graham McCaslin I don't think uh it might, he might be a year away from it but if Texas State wins the Sun Belt again like TJ you know I don't know again I might I think it might be a year out from getting those serious looks but it's a conversation um yeah, so I don't know. It'll be just a, just something to keep an eye on. So weird. It feels like there's so many like young coaches in the country right now that mm-hmm. are like kind of comfortable. Like I was just looking through it. I'm like, Oklahoma State is not anywhere close to. I don't think coming open. Um, right. I was about to say I'd be surprised if they moved on from Boynton. Yeah, like I feel um, like there was Kansas so much- State's the Kansas State's the only one in the Big Twelve right now that I feel like, just because like Bruce Weber has been like it seems like he stayed just because they've like. I don't say lucked into wins, but it's just like, ah, we don't really want to fire him because we don't want to risk finding something worse. Yeah. 
I mean, hey, North, North Carolina should have hired Grant McCaslin, if you're asking me. <laughs> I mean, hell. <laughs> Sorry, Hubert Davis. Right. <laughs> Grant McCaslin's yeah. a better coach. I'll throw it out there now. But anyways, uh, I, that's that's all I got. Uh, I think that's all we got for y'all today. We hope y'all enjoyed uh, the episode uh, from top to bottom. Uh, it is going to be another interesting week moving forward as we move closer to conference tournament time, man. There's like five or six games left in every every um, conference at this point. So March 5th is mm-hmm. pretty much the last day for games that Saturday. And then everyone starts getting ready for the tournament, which most of them start like March 8th, March 7th, 8th, 9th, somewhere around there. So we are less than a month away from conference tournament time, which is going to be absolute chaos because, you know, if we thought we watched a lot of games before on like that Thursday night where it's just like, Oh, we got to watch SMU. We got to watch um, uh, North Texas, and we got to watch the WAC, and we got to watch all these games at once. I don't know how we're gonna do it. Might have to like divvy them up. Be like, Ish, you got maybe honestly. You got Sun Belt and American. I'll take Conference USA. Yeah, and we split WAC. Hmm. Boom! There you go. Came up with on the spot. There you go. We thank you all for joining us. Uh, leave us a five-star rating and review uh, wherever you listen to your podcast. Follow us on Twitter at DCP Basketball. Uh, follow Ish on Twitter at Ishmael R. Johnson. Follow me on Twitter at Matthew Bruni underscore. Um, hope you all have a great Valentine's Day and hope you enjoyed this podcast. 